Okay, get that recording. Okay, uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, please do open to John chapter 4. Uh, as a church, we take the Bible very seriously. Um, so I would encourage you to either download or bring a real old school Bible with you. Um, if you haven't got one today, it's fine. The, uh, the scripture is going to come... Uh, on the screen behind us but we're going to be continuing our series that we have called real jesus a look into the gospel of john that's why you're turning to john chapter four a little bit of a hint there uh and it's we're just looking at who jesus is and we're asking answering the question who really was jesus and it's been brilliant so far we've been in this series for a couple of months and we found out so many things about who jesus was this man that came to live amongst us two thousand years ago that God took on flesh and tabernacled. He, he, he put, pitched his tent. He lived on planet Earth. And, and this is what he did. And it's amazing. It really is amazing that we get to see Jesus through this book. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be looking at who Jesus is and was and is to come. And What John does through the book is he regularly points us to Jesus as the Son of God. And in fact, at, at the end of John, a bit of a spoiler alert, I'm going to do a couple of spoilers uh, today, I'm afraid. But in John 20, we see the purpose of, of the book of... Oh, I need to turn this on. Uh, we see the purpose of the book of John. And John says here, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these signs are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. So John is putting this book together to show people that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is God. And in fact, we're going to be beginning a new section today, and John's point in this new section is really showing people he is the Son of God, and he is God and so we're going to start here in these I am statements. I am, I am, I am. And Jews of the day would have heard this I am, Jesus saying I am, and straight away realised that he is likening himself to God. Because all the way through the Old Testament, God would say I am, Yahweh, I am, I am, I am. And now there's Jesus coming and saying I am. And so the Jews would be like, wow, okay, this guy, Jesus, he is saying I am God. And in fact, we, we, in this new section, we start to see the rapid, uh, a lot of people start to get angry with Jesus because he's saying he's God, I am. And, and this is a section where we start to see uh, the religious leaders think about how can we get rid of, of Jesus. But today what we're going to be looking at is two signs, two signs that point us towards Jesus. I've got a picture here. Of some signs. Yes. Now I think there's some very, very nice signs. Yeah, yeah? colourful, yeah. nice metal, old, blue sky. It's nice signs. But people don't really go to signs and just stay at the signs. I think. There might be the few people that like to do that. This this takes all sorts to make the world. But generally you go to a sign and you think, okay, it's pointing me to something. And so in this case, the sign is pointing to L London, Paris, Moscow, New York, 
Uh, this one says Gothenburg. It's hard to read. It says Gothenburg, I'm pretty sure. Um, but you go to signs to only to be pointed to something else. Like the final destination is much better than the signs. And so when we look at signs in the book of John, we need to see the final destination. We need to see the point of the signs. And what does John say? The purpose of the signs is to show that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is God. And so we'll look at two signs today, but it's so important that we get behind what the signs do and they point people to Jesus. So we shouldn't get hooked up on signs and the miraculous and healings. They're amazing, just like these are nice signs. But actually the point is to see Jesus through them. Okay, so John chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles open by now, it is verse 46 we're going to look at. And as I said, we're going to do two signs today, two healings. Uh, so we're going to do from John 4, 46, and we're go, going to go into 5. Oh, it's disappeared. I will read, hopefully you get your Bibles with you, and they should come on the screen in a minute. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. Okay, so the first sign, Jesus' first sign is making water into wine. The wedding uh, it's a very well-known sign, making water into wine. Uh, it came to Cana at Capernaum. There was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, we, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies Jesus said to him go your son will live the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way as he was going down his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering so he asked them the hour when he began to get better and they said to him yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him the father knew that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Okay, what I want to do is I said, two signs we're looking at today. From both healing stories, I want to get one characteristic of Jesus and one take home point for us. Um, and before we look into this story, it's just really, it's interesting to just notice the order that John has put things. So in John 3.16, uh, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And he said that in the presence of Jews, in the presence of people who thought God just loved the Jews. For God, they would have expected him, to, uh, Jesus, to say, For God so loves the Jews. I have come to save the Jews. I have come as your, you know, your knight in shining armour to save the Jews. But Jesus shocks them all. And it's important that we don't miss the shock that that would have been. He comes for the world. And then John really helpfully illustrates this point with three encounters. The first one, Nicodemus. If you remember a month, ago, month or so ago, we looked at Nicodemus, this Jewish guy, this, this leader within Judaism. And so Jesus is meeting 
the Jews. And then last week we heard brilliantly Alid speak about the woman at the well. So now Jesus has gone from the Jews to the Samaritans, the Samaria. It's a little bit further out. It's a little bit Jew, a little bit of like a mix of everything, going a little bit further out. And then this encounter today, number three, he's gone to an official, a Gentile, someone who has no background at all in Judaism. So he's gone from Nicodemus to the woman at the well to the official son, to the rest of the world. Three encounters. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem until the spirit falls and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Nicodemus, woman at the well, official son. Judea, Samaria, um, Jerusalem, Samaria, ends of the earth. God is here for the world. So this is our take-home point, straight away at the beginning. Jesus is living out his, his incredible statement that for God so loves the world. He is living this out by loving the world, the official nothing to do with the Jewish race it's amazing it's a beautiful picture of Jesus living out what he has come to do so two things I want to touch on in this story number one Jesus is full of grace Jesus is full of grace Jesus meets people where they are you don't to be honest, this is exactly what we heard in worship today, that Jesus meets us where we are. He meets people where they are. Um, in John 2, 23, uh, you can read just before he starts encountering people, so before he encounters Nicodemus and then the woman at the well, and now today the official son, we read that John says, Jesus knew people. He knows man he knows what's inside of us and he meets us where we are so first of all he meets Nicodemus this guy who is pretty good and he says you know I know where you are you need to be born again you think you can do it on your own you need to be born again and then he meets the woman at the well who is the complete opposite of Nicodemus someone who's going to the well in the middle of the day why would you go to the well in the heat with no one else? Because you're an outcast. Because no one likes you. Because you've messed up pretty bad. Yet Jesus meets her. He doesn't wait for her to get better. He doesn't say, right, once you've you know, sorted yourself out and sort of shaped up, then I'll meet you. Or to Nicodemus, he doesn't say, well, you need to come down before I meet you. No, he meets people where they are. And again, we see today that Jesus meets people where they are. He is absolutely full of grace. And so in, a, in this story, we see Jesus... I, I, like you can almost pick up a little bit of frustration. He says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And you sort of think, okay, so Jesus is not going to like... You know, is he frustrated? I mean, unless you see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe who I am. So he probably won't bother healing that person. Actually, the grace of Jesus is this, that he knows that he needs to see signs, and so he heals the person, child. So it's, he's full of grace. 
The official says, Jesus says, let's read it. Verse 48, Jesus says to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said, come down. And Jesus says, go, your son will live. And so Jesus does a sign in order that the guy believes. It's full of grace. He doesn't say, you need to believe and then I will do a sign. He says, okay, you're not going to believe unless you see a sign. Here is a sign. He meets the guy where he is at. And just to say on that, it's the same for us. Verity said it earlier, Jesus is the same today, was the same yesterday, and will be the same forever. Jesus is alive. Jesus is full of grace. Jesus meets people where they're at, whether they think they're too good, whether they think they're too bad, whether they won't believe unless they see a sign. He meets people where they're at. He meets us where we're at. So again, wherever you are today, like honestly, where I am today, I'm tired today. Wherever you are today, Jesus meets you. It's amazing. You don't need to shape up. You don't need to do like the Christian stretches and sort of put on your best clothes and come to church and, you know, speak properly. And No, Jesus meets you where you are. It's amazing. That's the gospel. That's the grace of Jesus. He meets you where you are. You don't need to do anything special. He meets you where you are. Full of grace. Full of grace. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the second thing, faith isn't lazy. So there's this great verse, uh, which I just think really, really highlights uh, and shows really helpfully what faith is. Um, And it's verse 50. And it says this, The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. So he hears, your son will live, he believes, and then he goes. I've got that there. He hears, he believes, he goes. Quite simply, faith requires action. Jesus says something, your son will live, even though his son was dying. Jesus says your son will live. The guy hears it, believes it and goes and then sure enough his son is healing it's this great picture of faith what is faith it's hearing something from god believing it before you see it with your eyes and acting going for it and i've i'm sure that all of us in the room have stories about faith in in our lives or hearing stories of faith in other people's lives i've talked about this before but as a church plant, we've gone through loads of different steps of faith. Believing we've heard something. So hearing, believing and going. Like Alpha, for example. Jesus said, go and make disciples. And so we believe that Jesus, we, we believe that Jesus is going to make disciples in this city. We believe that people are going to get saved. And one way you can do that is through a course called Alpha. It's really, really helpful. And so we, we, we hear that Jesus says, go and make disciples. We believe he's going to do it. And so what do we do? We'd run an alpha course. We introduce people to Jesus. We talk about Jesus. Knowing that actually Jesus, we will see people saved because Jesus said it. But it requires action. And so we, for our alpha course, we, you know, we took an offering. It was amazing. Loads of money. We paid for all the alpha uh, sessions. Loads of food. Great venue. But one thing we didn't have was people. 
So we believed God and we just went for it and we prayed a lot and people came up. And we had perhaps, I don't know, we had a, a, a decent number go through the course and it was amazing. So it's, it's this moment of faith. We didn't know what was going to happen. We've heard from God. We believe God is going to do something. But we need to go for it. And we went for it. And the son was healed. Or the Alpha course was full. We've got another faith step coming up for us as a church where after summer I'm going to be starting working a bit more for the church. We believe, we, we've heard, we believe, and now it's time to act. Hear, believe, act. It's this great picture of faith. Hear, believe, act. Faith is not lazy. Faith does not just sort of like, oh, go on, Jesus. You know, when you move, uh, no, faith is it's lively, it's up, it's going. This is what the guy does. Okay, let's move on to story number two. So two things from that one. Jesus is full of grace. Faith is not lazy. Hear, believe, go. Okay, now I've lost my drumstick. I know where it is. Looks like a chicken drumstick. That's why I call it a drumstick. <laughs> just in case you're wondering, I'm not actually holding a chicken drumstick. Cool. Okay. Uh, so we'll look at first uh, nine verses in chapter five. This is sign number three. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame and paralysed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. I was actually talking earlier to Godwin. Arsenal, football team, some of you perhaps have heard of them, they're a big team. Arsenal, Arsene Wenger, who has been their manager for 22 years, is going to be leading, leaving. And we were sort of saying 22 years is a long time. People have been like sort of born and lived the whole time as like with him being the manager, 22 years. And this guy, and 22 years is a long time. This guy has been an invalid for 38 years. It's a really, really long time. I've been alive, would you believe it, for 21 years? Do we say up or down? Up, down, up, down. Uh, uh, 31 years. And actually, I've seen a lot. I've made a lot of good decisions, a lot of bad decisions. I can't remember everything I've done in my life, but I've done a lot. It feels like a long time. That's just 31 years. This guy was an invalid for 38 years. So a bit of a detour there. Uh, but when, it's, when it comes to football, it's important to do the odd detour. <laughs> Uh, okay, 38 years, now I've lost where I am. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked. So this guy has been an invalid. We don't know exactly what that means. Obviously something affecting his movement. 
for 38 years. Another 16 years longer than Arsene Wenger has been the Arsenal manager. A long, long, long time. And so what he does is he goes down to this pool where it's this special like healing pool and there's lots of, sort of superstition about it. The eagle-eyed amongst you will have noticed that we go straight from verse 3 to verse 5. And that's because in the earliest translations it reads like this, but like slightly later translations, so you'll probably see in a footnote, it talks about like an angel coming down to stir up the water. Um, but because that wasn't in the earliest translations uh, of the Gospel of John, that's why it's been left up. But there's obviously this superstition about this pool. It's a special place for... Hey! <laughs> uh, it's this special place for invalids, people who are ill, people who are sick, to go. And they go there, and they wait for this stirring up to happen, however that happened, and then they would enter the pool. Uh so that's what this guy had done. And Jesus comes to this pool. This, this is no Orbibada. This is, this is no nice place to go. This is a place where all like everyone who you know, is lying there for days and waiting for this to happen, this is where everyone who is sick goes. Yet Jesus seeks out this place. It's fascinating. He's, 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 on, his, he's on his way. You sort of think, where, where, would Jesus, where would you find Jesus? Perhaps in the temples? Perhaps, you know, I mean, where would you find At the pool surrounded by the sick the lame surrounded by guys like this that's again this is this is the grace of jesus this is who jesus is he comes and he meets people where they are and he's not afraid to get dirty he's not afraid to get messy it's amazing he doesn't go to the temple where there's all the you know the proper sort of like jews and all the proper you know dressed up nicely no he goes he goes past the pool so again, it's the grace of God, isn't it? It's the grace of Jesus. And, and he says to this guy who's been there, or not there, but he's been 38 years an invalid, and he says, do you want to be healed? Yeah, kind of do. But I can't because, you know, I can't really move. And as soon as the water gets stirred up, someone else jumps in in front of me. So Jesus says, do you want to be healed? Suddenly, he has this opportunity. He says, Jesus says, get up. There's this incredible, incredible story of someone who hasn't been able to properly move for 38 years. Suddenly, Jesus says to them, get up. And what happens? He gets up. Verse 8, verse 9. At once the man was healed, he took up his bed, and he walked. 38 years not being able to do that. Jesus says, do you want to be healed? Can't because of the pool. Get up and take your bed. I like the way that John puts in that he carried his mat. Okay, so he took up his bed. He carried his mat. What is John saying there? This is what he's saying. 38 years unable to move. Now, not, he's not, it's not like he's, part, like he's, he's like limping off like this. Jesus has done sort of like a half, half a job. But he's able to take up his bed. A guy who wasn't able to crawl into the pool is suddenly able to lift a bed, a mat. Okay, it's not, we're not talking about Ikea sort of like <laughs> beds here. Don't think Ikea was around then. It could have been, not sure. 
but he took up his mat. There's this complete reversal, complete healing. 38 years not being able to move to suddenly being able to walk and pick up his bed. It's amazing. So what's my point here? Ah, oh, the chicken drumstick. It's hiding behind the Bible. Oh, there's a picture of the pool of Bethesda. That's the angel that stirs up the water, apparently. But, I mean, it must, must be true because this is a picture from the terror. So, it must, must be true. Uh, Jesus the compassionate. Jesus is compassionate. I, uh, you know, we hear that he's full of grace. We also see here he's full of compassion. He goes to a place where someone's not been able to walk for 38 years, a place known for the place where people go if they're ill, if they're sick. And he shows compassion. He shows love. Jesus didn't just come to, like, speak, to teach. Yeah, he did that. But he also came to bring the kingdom down to earth, the kingdom of heaven. He came to love people. He came to show compassion. We don't see it so much in John, but in Matthew you hear constantly this word, compassion, compassion. He had compassion, he fed. He had compassion, he saved. He had compassion, he, he opened eyes. Jesus is, was, and will be compassionate. He sees someone who has not been able to move for 38 years and his heart breaks and he says, do you want to be healed? And the guy says, yeah, I want to be healed. <coughs> I can't be. So Jesus heals him. It's beautiful. So what's the take home for us? I say we should expect the miraculous. Uh, another spoiler alert. I said I'm going to do a couple uh, today. This is another spoiler alert. We're jumping forward to John 14. And Jesus says this, Truly, truly, and remember when he says that, it's like, listen up, listen up. Like, this is really important. I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Sounds a bit, yeah. Because I'm going to the Father. What he's saying is, we're going to do greater works than Jesus. So when we see stories about a 38-year illness condition gone we can believe that it's going to happen to us today we can expect the miraculous again Paul in the book called 1 Corinthians a bit further on in the New Testament says my speech my message were not implausible words of wisdom he wasn't that beautifully like sort of like saying all these words and people are like wow okay, he was a clever guy Paul so I'm sure he was doing that but no what he says is I was mostly reliant on the demonstration of the spirit and of power again in the book of acts another book in the new testament you see the early church and stories of the early church and so often you see the miraculous you see all sorts of miracles so we see it in jesus's life we see it in the early church and we can expect the miraculous today I love, I, we don't have time for it, we're going to finish quite shortly, but there's a great uh, clip by a guy called Chad, this American guy, who is hungry, and he goes to the grocery store to get some donuts. And in the grocery store, he sees someone who has a hearing aid, 
And what he thinks when he sees someone who has a hearing aid is green lights, pray for them, expect the miraculous. And so he goes up to us, says, excuse me, I sort of, I'm a Christian, I believe that God saves, um, sorry, God heals, could I pray for you? And she says, yeah. Basically, she gets healed. He gets on the uh, antenna, like the uh, like microphone, over the whole supermarket, he says, kind of like, if anyone wants to come and receive prayer, come. Bunch of people come down. There's loads of people that end up getting healed. It's absolute, It's this amazing story about the miraculous happening today. We can expect the miraculous. And what I like, the thing that really sticks with me from the story about Chad is that he sees a hearing aid. He sees that there's someone who's obviously struggling hearing, and he sees it as a green light. He knows that God saves. Um, say it again. He knows that God heals. And so he sees a green light because there's someone that needs healing, and he prays. It's a little bit like Jesus here. He, he, he goes to a place where he's going to see a green light, where there's a place where people are sick, where they are injured, where they are ill. And he says, get up and walk. And so a take home for us for, from this story is that Jesus heals yesterday, today, and he will heal in the future as well. So we can expect the miraculous amongst us. And I'd love to encourage you to pray for people and expect the miraculous. Not always going to see people healed. In fact, Nina and I were talking in the car just on, on our way here. We prayed for someone on the street the other day who, uh, the other day, it was a little while ago, who had a bad knee. And I just, we, we got talking to her. We were out walking the dog. We got talking to her and she said, I've got a bad knee. And I've been praying for opportunities to pray for people who are ill, who, are, who need healing. And, but what I often do is I'm, like, I'm praying, oh, God, give me someone. God gives me someone. And I'm like, I run away. <laughs> Whoops. I don't think that person. But it, and so we walked away. So we, she said, I've got a bad knee. And, and, we, and we said, oh, sorry to hear that. And we, and we walked off. But then we were both really like, challenged. And we turned around and walked back to her and said, look, do you know what? We're Christians. We believe that God heals today. And, and we prayed for her. And to be completely honest, she didn't get healed. But so sometimes God will heal. Sometimes God won't. But I'm expecting the miraculous. I, I summoned the courage to pray for someone. I work in this school, if you don't know. And I summoned, summoned the courage. When, when I was at school the other day, there's a lady who walked towards me with a um, pair of crutches. And so I thought, green light, just like hearing a green light, pray for her. And she said, no. <laughs> I said, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you? No. <laughs> so I was like, crap, rubbish. <laughs> but I'm still expecting the miraculous. And I'm going to keep on pushing through because I know that Jesus heals we see it in this story. We see it in the stories of the early church. We see it in the story of Chad and the grocery store when he goes and buys donuts. And I believe us as a church, as we step out in faith, remember, as we hear and we believe, and as we step out in faith, I believe God is gonna, is gonna heal people. I believe we have stories. I didn't actually like ask anyone, but I'm sure there's stories in this room of healing. I've got people nodding at me. There's, peop there's stories of healing here today. And I am convinced 
that we will have many more stories of healing. So let's expect it. Let's expect it. I'm really excited. I think, you know, there, there's this rubbish lie that Christianity is boring and dull and just, I think, going up to people, praying for them, seeing them healed is probably one of the most exciting things you can do. It's amazing. It's an, a, cra- a crazy adventure that we've got the possibility of going on. We have a God who heals, Jesus. And he's with us. And so we can expect the miraculous. But remember, within the signs, we don't go chasing signs just to look cool. Yes, let's pray for people. Let's hope people get healed. Let's pray in faith that people get healed. But we're not doing it. Just That's just the sign that points people to Jesus. We pray for people because we want them pointed to Jesus. That's the best. That's the, that's the, that is the goal. It's for people to come and see Jesus. It's for people to meet Jesus. We don't stop at the sign and go, oh, it's a nice sign. Yeah, it's an amazing sign if you see someone healed. But we need to introduce them to the king. Yeah. And so that's what John is doing here. He's like, these are the signs. But the reason I'm telling you is because they point you towards Jesus. And so let's expect the miraculous. But let's not get hung up on the miraculous because really we just want to point people to Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to finish there. We've seen Jesus today full of grace. Remember that. (laughs) Jesus meets us where we are. It's so important that we remember that. It really is, okay? Because we do, we like, if you're anything like me, you go up and down. Good days, bad days, average days, you just go up and down. So important to remember, Jesus meets you where you are. You don't need to shape up. He loves you. Just loves to be encountering with you. It's full of grace. And it's full of compassion. Jesus is full of compassion. There's two things for us to do. Step out in faith. What were the three? Hear, believe, go. Hear, believe, go. And then finally, let's expect the miraculous. I'm going to pray. Yeah, God, we just love Jesus so much. I just thank you for your scripture. I thank you that we're able to see so clearly the grace uh, the compassion of Jesus. Lord, I just, I'm just i loving going through the book of John and getting to know Jesus even better, Lord, and seeing all of these characteristics. And I just pray for us as a church plant, God. I pray, you know, as we're, you know, we're still very much in the early stages, I pray, God, may we, be, may we start to see more of the miraculous amongst us. May we start to see stories like this story. Lord, I love hearing stories from guys like Chad, and other churches that we're that we're part, partnering with, who you know, and you hear these stories. But Lord, I say I'm hungry for stories within our church plant. Lord, and so I do pray, come, Holy Spirit, help us, give us courage. Lord, I pray for more than one of us in this room to get the boldness and the courage to pray for people when they see they're obviously in a bad place. But God, we don't pray. We don't want miracles just for miracles' sake, as amazing as they are. God, we just want them to point you to you, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much. Amen.